Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to be beginning in verse 8. Now, if you remember with me, we're in the life of Elisha. Elisha has taken over the mantle of Elijah. And when we closed in our last lesson, we had seen Elisha um, with his first miracle. A first in five, I believe. One, two, three, four. Yes, it's a first in five in these two chapters. And, and it's very significant. Uh, these five actually work together. Uh, the first one was uh, a woman, uh, a widow uh, of one of the sons of the prophets, and she had two sons. She had no way of taking care of herself, and Elisha knew her husband. And what we see is that God does this miracle. And notice that all miracles are God's. God's the one that does the miracle, not man. If a man is used of God, it's still God's miracle. If a man is there to proclaim God, what God says, it's still God's word. It's still God's miracle. And in the first miracle with the uh, woman and her two sons, Elisha's not even there. He just instructs her with the word of God of what to do. And you know what? She could have chose not to do it. And then the miracle doesn't happen. If she chooses not to hear the word of God, the miracle does not happen. And what happens here? She's poor. She has no way to take care of herself. The creditor is going to take her two sons, which was legal by law, to make them slaves, to work off the debt that her husband owed. And what does God do? By taking uh, empty vessels, he saves the woman and the children by putting oil in the empty vessels. And it, it really is a type of salvation for you and I. God puts oil, the Holy Spirit, in those who believe the word of God and do what it says, and he saves your life. You're an empty vessel that has nothing in it. It's good for nothing. And then when you believe in Christ, the oil comes in, the Holy Spirit fills you. It pays your sin debt because of Christ. And then it gives you rest for the rest of your life, which is how the text ended up there in verse 7. But notice this in verse um, 6, that when the lady was obeying, the woman would represent the church who's obeying and putting oil in vessels. It says that uh, she said to her son, uh, bring, now it came to pass, verse 6, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Now, I don't want to get too deep with you. But to me, when I read that, I see 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit is removed from the church, the last person that is sealed with the Holy Spirit, the last person to receive the oil in their vessel, then the Holy Spirit is removed the restrainer is removed, and then the Antichrist comes. That's what happens in 2 Thessalonians if you read it. I'm not going to go there and read it, but I want you to see that. That when there's no, that the Holy Spirit doesn't disappear. The Holy Spirit doesn't go away. The Holy Spirit ceases to convict people of sin and righteousness and judgment, which is what he's doing now. And when you believe him about sin and righteousness and judgment... You would believe him that you're a sinner. 
and that righteousness is only by Jesus Christ, then you receive Jesus and believe it, then your sin is judged. It's forever put on Jesus' account. But if you don't receive that, there's going to come a time where you're going to have to stand before God at the white throne judgment and deal with your sin. But right now, there's time for the oil, the Holy Spirit. If you believe the gospel message, if you believe the word of God. Now remember, we're in Old Testament theology, and the word of God always came through the prophet. So right now, it's coming through Elisha, and whatever he says is what we need to hear. Now we can read it. And I always want to remind you, it says, Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, it says, in past times, in different manners, various ways, God spoke in times past uh, to the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2, has, but he's in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Now, of course, Jesus makes us joint heirs. If we believe him as the Messiah, he gives us an inheritance with him. So now we know uh, the fullness of uh, the gospel, the mystery that was hidden until Jesus uh, came. And now uh, we're waiting for the oil to cease, salvation to cease. What do you mean? We're waiting for the restrainer to be taken out. Well, how's it going to be taken out? When the church is raptured out. See, because the only thing that's keeping morality in place right now is the Holy Spirit in the church, the bride, who would stand up and speak up and say something about the untruths and the lies that are going on on the planet. That's why it's such a hard thing to watch churches ignore the lies of the CDC, the president, and not to say a word about the vaccines and to go along with all of this, to keep the churches closed, to, to be on Zoom. Are you kidding me? Did you see the, the people that were fired the other day for being on Zoom and they made a comment that Zoom didn't like? Two professors were fired for making a comment that was based upon pure fact and Zoom was spying on them and now everybody knows what they said. And they said it was racist to say what they said, and they fired them. See, if you want to do everything on Zoom, that's just so the devil can watch everything that you're doing. That's just so that they can guard the indoctrination station. That's just all it is, all the Internet is, is a great big school where the same people are telling everybody the same information always. You know what, you know what that's mimicking? That's the devil mimicking the Holy Spirit who is teaching everybody the same truth from the word of God all the time. But they can't be God, but the devil wants to be like God. I was talking with my brother today that, you know, you can go, you can get on a plane right now, fly to Hawaii and get off the plane and you find somebody that's a Christian and they know the word of God. You speak, you guys start talking and you're of the same mind. Because of the spirit of God, you're in the same family. Because of the word of God, you have the same mind. You don't have to stop and catch up and do all kinds of things and figure out where they're at and who they are. You're of the same mind because of the Spirit of God that makes us one. But you know what? When you do that on the Internet, what spirit are you following? When you let them guard your life and lead your life and teach your life and set the truth in your life, 
What spirit are we following? It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the death culture that hates God. It hates Christ. And they have turned the internet into schools where one professor can teach everybody. And that professor is run by the devil. Listen to me, it's a worldview. And the devil can never be the Holy Spirit. This is truth. This was truth 6,000 years ago, and it's still just as true today. But when you get on the internet, what was true 6,000 years ago just changed yesterday because they want to move you to a different direction. They change their truth all the time. But God is never changing. He's the unchanging God. Read it. It's consistent. It's never changed. And he's faithful. That's what this is. When you, it says faith comes by hearing, you know why it comes by hearing the word of God? Because all the way through it, every promise he ever made, he kept. All the way through it, every child he ever had, he took care of. All the way through it, he has always been faithful to protect and bless and take care of those who would listen. He's a faithful God. You can trust him. So oil, he saves those who allow oil to be poured in their vessel. But there's going to come a time when the oil will cease. And then the Antichrist will be allowed to completely rule and reign. Oh, in, in great storms. But for seven years called the tribulation period, God will pour out his wrath. While the devil thinks he's ruling things. When in fact all he'll be doing is reacting to what God's doing. So let's look at this as she listened to the word of God. She obeyed. She paid her debt. The oil, she, he said, go. Look at verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God. Notice that she went to the man of God for help. He told her what to do. She obeyed. After she obeyed, she went back to the man of God and he gave her some more instructions. Notice what happens when we listen to the instruction. This is the sanctification process that God has laid out in his scriptures. You keep coming back to the word of God. You keep coming back to the perfect law of liberty. You keep asking God what to do, and then you obey him. The next, and I, and I was trying to tell you that, is that there's five different, in chapters four and five, five different miracles all five of them line up with what we're supposed to do in sanctification. The first one, the you believe in the Spirit of God comes in and fills your empty vessel. That's your ceiling of sanctification. The second one here, we're going to see the Shunammite woman. Guess what happens? She begins a relationship with the Word of God where she's having food with it, fellowship with the Word of God. She's fellowshipping. She makes a place for it in her house, in her heart, in her home. And then there's the, the third miracle is in um, verse 38. There's a famine in the land. Listen to me. There's a famine in the land for the word of God. And the sons of the prophet are looking to eat. And they're eating. I mean, you can see it all over in the churches. They're eating lies. They're eating poison. And they go to make this pot of stew. And this pot of stew is full of poison that they would be eating. They would die. And Elisha puts some flour in it. 
flour is 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 what the bread of life is made of fine flour and it cures it when you add the ingredients that come from Christ and the bread of life to it it doesn't hurt them they went ahead and ate it and they were filled and then the third one or the fourth one is in 42 where um, they fed thousands with it excuse me a hundred men with just a little bit of that bread and everybody was full. And then all of chapter 5 is a beautiful one where, where the Gentiles come. A stranger comes. Naaman the leper comes from Syria because he heard somebody witnessing in his land. And he dips seven times. Don't miss it. Seven is the number of completion. Seven is the number of perfection. Don't miss it. Seven times he dips in, in the Jordan and he becomes as a little child. Sanctification is a process. It starts with oil and you're set apart positionally. And then you begin to have fellowship. If you're really sanctified, you really believe. You begin to get alone with the Word of God. You make a place for the Word of God. You realize that it's everything and you begin to believe it. And you put the Word of God into all of your food so that you're not poisoned by the world. And then you feed others with the Word of God. And then you keep dipping. You keep dipping. Until you see Christ face to face. So let's begin. Let's look at this. I mean it's actually pretty amazing. Uh, to look at it in that sense. And, and so I don't want to. Uh, um, freak you out. But I'm going to be looking at it in the normal sense of what is going on in the text. And then in the type that it is for New Testament theology so that we don't get lost. See, I, I believe firmly that, that, that New Testament theology is hidden in the testimonies of the Old Testament so that we keep our New Testament theology correct. So now, let's look. Verse 8. Now it happened one day, transition statement, it's just a day, that Elisha, who's the prophet, he's the word of God, went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman... And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Now, first of all, uh, Shunem or Shunammite means quiet. Your quiet time. It means quietly. It, it comes from, uh, in a biblical usage, it's, it's a place of double resting. But it means quiet time. It means making a place for the word of God in your life. Spending time with God. Coming boldly to the throne of grace. Now in, in her name it says in King James it says a notable woman. But I want you to see that in the King James it says a great woman. That's interesting. See because in the next miracle they make a great pot of stew. The New King James says a large pot, but it's really a great pot of stew. And the Syrian is a great man in front of his master. Listen, you can be great in this world, but if you don't listen to the word of God, it doesn't matter. If you don't have fellowship, now listen, she's great. And it can mean just older, but I believe that it means she's wealthy or she has some wealth. She, she, she's got prominence with her people 
is what I believe it means. And she constrained or she persuaded Elisha to eat some food, to have fellowship together. She was having hospitality is what they call it in uh, the Bible. They were really hospitable. They were supposed to take strangers in and show hospitality. Uh, and as often as he passed by, so he must have passed by a lot, he would turn in there and eat some food. Listen to me. If the Spirit of God is in your vessel, first miracle, and you've been saved, then Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation 3.20. And if anyone will open the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. The Word of God first is what you need to be supping on. But there's a meal. God wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to sit down with us. And this it's a place of quietness where you get alone with him. Shunammite means quietly and quietness. Do you have a quiet place to meet with God where you have the word of God and you're pouring your heart out before God? If you don't, then look at the next verse. Verse 9, and she said to her husband, look, now I know that this is a holy man of God. It's the holy word of God. In the text, it's a man of God who brings the word of God, who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall. There's a note in the King James Bible that says, with walls. And I like that better because I have no idea what it means to make a small room up on the wall. Because I don't live with walls around. But it says, let's make an upper room with walls. And let us put a bed there for him. Let us put a table there and a chair there and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Does the word of God have a place in your life? See the plan of the woman? She recognized the word of God to be holy. Now hear the prophet. But do you recognize that it's the word of God that's going to sanctify and cleanse your life? Do you recognize that the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to sanctify and cleanse your life? But, oh, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to the word of God. So what does the woman do? She says he's a holy man. He's got the word of God. Let's make a room with a wall. Let's make a place where he can rest in a bed, sit in a chair, have a lamp on a table, and he can have a meal with us. And we can sit down in fellowship with him because we need to be in fellowship with the word of God. If you want to recognize the lies of this world, the lies of the devil, and the plans of the government for your life, you have to have fellowship with the word of God. So you need to one, recognize it. Two, make a place to meet with the Word of God. Do you have a place where you meet with the Word of God? Do you have a house? Have you made a house for Him? A house, your heart, His home. A place for Him to live and dwell. Not just seal you, but to run around and tear walls down and to become Lord of that house. Is He... Is he allowed to be in your schedule? Do you have a place where you get up every day and you sit down and you meet with the Lord? This lady recognized that as important. 
that it was on her schedule. She knew what she was going to do. Whenever the word of God, she set it down. I am here to tell you, not legalistically, but sanctification, salvation, and your livelihood to understand the truth, to be led by the Spirit, hinges upon this. Doesn't mean you're going to get kicked out of heaven. But you'll have no idea what you're doing when you get to heaven. You won't know the road signs. You won't know the language. You won't understand the customs. You won't know who Jesus is when you see him. Unless you're spending time with him now, building that relationship, being adorned as a bride, waiting for her groom. Do you have a place, not just in your heart, but in your house, in your home? Where you get up, you sit down, and you say, here we are, Lord. What's today going to bring? My house should be a house of prayer for all nations. You need a place to meet with the Word of God, the living Word of God, in the Word of God. She recognized that. She recognized that. And she acted. She asked for permission. She went about her business. And what happened? Verse 11. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. So guess what? Her husband said yes. Guess what? They built the room. Guess what? They recognized that it was a need. And they put that room up. Ooh, where is that? Chapter 8 of Proverbs, as we're moving along. Let me just look and see if that's what it starts out as. Ooh, bam. Where is that? Verse 9, or chapter 9 of Proverbs. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Listen, listen. Building the house. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to build a house for God? Wisdom. Sorry, I had to go look at it. It came to me as I was looking at this. So her husband lets her do it. Verse 12. Here's Elisha in the room. He's laying down. And then guess what we're introduced to in verse 12. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant. See, you're, you're seeing this and you're never knowing that Gehazi is with him all the time. He's with the word of God all the time. And Gehazi is a type of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is always with the word of God. The Holy Spirit is alongside the Word of God. He's the servant of God. Ephesians 5 tells us that, uh, that, that there's the washing and the cleansing of the water through the Word. So the Holy Spirit works with the Word of God to sanctify you when you make a place for it. So here's Gehazi. Now listen what he means. His name means Valley of Visionary. Now let me just tell you, I got to make, I've got to make a disclaimer here, uh, because of Gehazi's actions in chapter five. Listen, he's a type right now, just as David is a type of Christ. Yet David was flesh, and David sinned. Okay, Gehazi is the type of Holy Spirit right now. But guess what? He's going to be as a servant of God in chapter five. He becomes a traitor. 
He turns away. He lies to. The Holy Spirit will never do that. So I want to make that disclaimer right now that I'm giving you types and you don't take them all the way through and count it every time. The Holy Spirit would never lie to you. The Holy Spirit's always going to be helping you and interceding and praying for you. So verse 12. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. Notice who's speaking for the word of God. It's the spirit of God leading and doing the questioning and the examining. Watch this. This is really good. I hope this isn't too crazy for you guys or too deep. Because some people always say, too deep, too deep. Me. This is a male here. Listen to me. When he called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her. See, now the word of God is telling the spirit of God. The, the, the prophet is telling his servant, say this to her. Notice how that servant is saying exactly what the word of God tells him to say. See, that's what you and I are called to do when we go to people. We're supposed to be giving them the word of God. We're not supposed to be giving them our fancy ideas, our new books that we wrote. We're supposed to be giving them the pure word of God. And the, the, the prophet's telling him, say this to the woman. Look, you have been careful, concerned King James, careful uh, new King, or old King James for us. She's been hospitable. She's been taken care of. The word of God, the spirit of God. Have you been doing that in your house? See, when you begin to take care of the Word of God and the Spirit of God in your house, you make place for them. You make a place to meet with them and talk with them and, and put them as the most important thing in your life. Then they want to bring fruit in your life. Watch this. You've been careful for us with all this care. What can I do for you? The Word of God says. Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? <laughs> wow. You could. Yes, he could. Your gift could bring you before great men if he wanted you to. He could do anything he wants. She answered, I dwelt among my own people. Huh? That's pretty prideful, isn't it? Notice this. That's pride. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You need a lot of stuff. And the Holy Spirit knows that. In fact, look at this. The Holy Spirit knows that. Look at Romans chapter 8, Romans, New Testament. Listen, you begin to hang out and have a relationship with God and ask the Spirit of God to teach you the Word of God, and you want to give it importance and, and place a room there you meet with it. It's in your house. It's your home. Romans eight twenty six says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses any weaknesses i got a bunch of them for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us listen to this remembering that gehazi is the spirit of god or a type with groanings which cannot be uttered now he all he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of god See, the Spirit of God is living in your heart. You're sanctified and sealed. The Spirit of God wants to take the Word of God and change you into the image of God to make you a servant that will go and tell others. He wants to bear fruit in your life. Now I'm back in the text. Watch what happens. 
Ask her what she wants. She's too proud. She says, I dwell among my own people. I don't have any needs. My people take care of me. I'm a great woman of stature. Didn't you know that? That's why I built you a house. So you always have to be reminded the reason you're building the Word of God a house and you're giving a place in your heart is because you're not great because of the world standards. You need to surrender to Him. He's the great I am. Listen to me. He's the great I am. Surrender to Him. If He asks you what you need, you should be having a relationship where you can trust Him to take care of you. You can confess your sin to Him. You can confess your needs to Him. You can confess your weaknesses to Him. You can tell Him your heart's deepest secrets. He loves you. He already died for you. Watch what happens. So He said what then is to be done for her. So the Word of God speaking to the Spirit of God, Gehazi, look what the Spirit says. He makes intercession for you. Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. What? See, the Spirit of God knows that her heart wants a child to bear fruit, and her husband's too old. So the Spirit of God tells the Word of God what needs to happen to bear fruit in the Shunammite woman's heart quietly. She's too proud to do it, so the Spirit does it. What happens then, Greg? Well, I'm glad you asked. She's going to bear some fruit. So he tells her, call her again. Bring her back here to meet with us in our room, in this place, in her heart. That's what that room represents. Meeting with God, the Word of God, the Spirit of God. So they called her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. See, she's being a little bit haughty. I don't need anything from you. I was taking care of you. See, if you think that way about God, you got some stuff mixed up backwards. You need all of God. You don't have anything to give to God. But because the world tells you you're great with stature, you think you've got something to give to God, but he really knows your heart. He knows what you want. And he'll take care of you. You need to have your relationship with God right. You need to make a house, a place. You want to meet with him. Let him have your whole heart. Don't just give him the doorway. Then he said, this is what the word of God, the prophet said to her, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. You're going to bear some fruit this time next year. Of course, she said, no, my Lord. She said no to God. She said no to the word of God because she can't believe the word of God. And sometimes we don't. We see the word of God. And we go, what? I can't even believe it. I asked for this and he did abundantly, exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever hope for or ask. Because the Holy Spirit's doing the work in you, and you will not ask for the right things, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to ask for. It knows your heart. She says, No, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. Now, of course, the Word of God never lies. God never lies. That's something you can do that God can't do. If you want to know something you can do that God can't do, you can lie. You can sin. God can't. It's impossible. It's against His character and His nature. 17, but the woman conceived, she bore fruit, and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Listen, the word of God is always right. The word of God is always perfect. The, Lord of, the word of God will perfect your soul. The word of God will always do and keep its promises no matter what. You will bear fruit if you make a place for the word of God and allow the spirit of God to illuminate it in your life and you obey God will always, always keep his promises. 
And the child grew. Let's keep watching. The child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reaper. So he's out working in the field with his dad, just like a good child should do. He should follow his dad. He should learn. He should be discipled. He should be trained in the way he's supposed to go. And he said to his father, my head, my head. He's having a heat stroke in the field probably, right? So he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. Isn't that what we always do? Dad's got no patience and they say, get him to his mother. He ain't going to behave. No, I'm teasing. 20. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, then he died. How sad. Now here, listen to me, listen to me. You bore fruit, you got a child, it dies. What's God doing? He's testing your faith. Now where are you going to turn? COVID's running rampant, everybody's dying. Where are you going to turn? The house is on fire, you lost your job. Where are you going to turn? Is your faith real? Did you make a place for the word of God and the spirit of God? Do you believe it? Have you been meeting with it? Where do you go now? Where do you turn? It's no use. God gave me fruit and then killed it. He doesn't love me. He's mad at me. I mean, there's lots of things you can do if you don't have a relationship. That's what the devil wants to do is shake you to make you think that God is against you. If God was against us, he would have never came and died for us. God loves us with a never-ending love. God is trying to get us across the finish line. God is trying to get us into heaven in his fellowship with him for eternity. And we keep fighting him. And all he wants us to do is make a place. He'll do the rest of the work. His spirit and his word, he's given us everything we need. He's, he doesn't need anything from us except for us. To bow down our greatness. To repent of our pride. And to listen and obey his word. By his spirit. By his power. Now the trial's coming. The testing's coming. Verse 21. Look where her heart goes. Because she's made a place. She's been in the word. She's been following the spirit. She's made a place. And she went to the government for help. And she buried the boy. And she, listen to me, her faith is being tested. It's being tried. It's a fiery trial. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Where did she take him to? Straight to the word of God. Straight to the man of God shut the door upon him, and went out. She put him in the place where he should be, in the hands of God. She was trusting God. Is she heartbroken? Yes, but she has faith. She believes something's going to happen. She doesn't believe the fruit was produced just to die. She doesn't believe this is the end of it all. She has hope. I don't know if you guys know, but the same thing happened with Elijah. I don't know if she heard that Elijah raised a young woman's child from the dead. Chapter 17, 1 Kings. 
Elijah did the same thing. Elijah, remember, chapter 17, he did the same thing that the first miracle was here. Remember, he come along, he's been saying, oh, I'm going to die, and God fed him with his own provision, with ravens in a creek. And then when the water dried up, God sent him to the woman's house, and there she was gathering sticks. And, and Elijah said, what are you doing? She said, I'm gathering sticks. Well, what are you doing that for? Well, I've got just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and I'm going to make me and my son a cake of bread and die. And Elijah said, well, don't do that. Make one for me first. Put the word of God first. Put the prophet first. Put Jesus first. And they all ate on that bread and that oil until the famine was over with because they listened to the word of God. So this testimony comes forward and now people know the testimony of God and what he's done to his prophets and to his word. And now Elisha has done the same thing in this woman's life. The word of God has borne fruit in her life and now she's being tested. All of us are going to be tested and tried. Not with evil. God never tests us with evil. There's no evil in God. But he tests your faith. He tests you with trials. Where are you going to turn? Where's your heart at? This woman puts him in the bed of the word of God. In the hands of God. She's not having faith in the man. 22. Then she called to her husband. Now look what she does when she calls. She doesn't call to her husband and say, get some shovels, start digging, our son is dead. She said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. Listen, she's not walking. She's not playing. She knows it's life and death, but her faith has her running. Does your faith have you running today? Or does it have you walking or sleeping? What does your faith have you done? We're supposed to be running a race to win. We're supposed to be conditioning our body. We're supposed to be running. Not walking around. Not playing games. Not living in the culture. We're supposed to be running to the man of God. The word of God. But she has faith. She has peace. She has expectation or hope, you would call it. Are you running today? Do you have hope? Do you know that Jesus is coming? So he said, this is what the husband said, why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. Reminds me of these EC Christians. They only come on Easter and Christmas. That's their faith. Her husband might have been like that, an Easter Christmas Christian. It's not a new moon. It's not a Sabbath. Why do you want to go to the man of God? Notice, he doesn't know the son is dead. He doesn't know the fruit is dead. Because she's not said a word. Because she still believes he's alive. And she said, it is well. It is well with my soul. Actually, she says, it is well. It's the word shalom. Shalom, which means peace and prosperity. She actually says it is peace. King James says it shall be well. It shall be peace. It shall be well. 
Exactly. There's a note in there. You got a note in there that says yeah. it shall be peace? Yeah. It's actually in one of the, the King James I has. It's a Thompson chain reference. It says, it shall be peace. It shall be well. I'd like to have another Thompson chain reference. Well, you ain't getting mine, so it's <laughs> still over. <laughs> in fact, I was cleaning carpet in a place called the Friendship House, the one I'm talking about. And a pastor who has dementia, I don't even remember he did it, chased me. I talked with him about God, and he chased me across the building and found me and said, here, and gave me his Bible. And I'm like, oh my goodness, am I allowed to take this? I'm looking around, but... I have it now. I have one I cut my teeth on in prison, and then I have that one, which I really like, too. So it was interesting. I have one, but it's New International Version. I want a King James Version. Yeah, I don't like the nearly inspired version either. So let's look back. She said, it is peace. It is well with my soul. See, she's, she's in a place of quiet rest because she's made a place for God. So when the trial comes... When the attack comes, when it looks like death, when it looks bad, she has peace. Peace of God which surpasses all understanding because she knows that he's on the throne. She believes God and she trusts God and she knows this is not the end of it all. Even if her son is buried, it's not the end of it all because she's living for God. But she's trusting him right now. Verse 24. Then she saddled a donkey. She's doing a little bit of work. She said to her servant, drive. Go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. Listen, so she's setting her face like flint. She is going, and she's going hard. She's trusting God. Now listen to me. It doesn't mean she's going to get her son back. But she's putting all of her faith in God and trusting him for the outcome. God's ways are best. If I would have continued in Romans 8 with the rest of that verse, the next verse, after the Holy Spirit makes intercession, the Holy Spirit knows the heart of God, the Holy Spirit's taking care of this, the next verse is Romans 8, 28. But all things work for the good for those who love God and are the called according to His purposes. Doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. Doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean there's not going to be any pain. But he's working it all out for your good to get you across the finish line to bear fruit. And this is what this is. It's a test of her fate. Isn't that amazing that she went from, I'm okay, I don't need anything. She went from her pride of, I'm well taken care of by my own family, to having fruit. And then when that fruit was threatened or died... She went straight to the man of God. She went straight to the word of God. She went straight to the throne room. And she knew that it was well. And here she goes running hard. See, I believe now that in America, the church who has ignored the word of God can't even handle the truth of God now. They've ignored it. They don't know where to turn. And they're turning toward the world and listening to the government. And they're following communism and Marxism, which is nothing but fancy words for they're following the devil. They're following his earthly, central, demonic wisdom that's all mixed up with psychology and all mixed up with confusion. 
today's the day for salvation and salvation says that I'm going to be underneath the authority of God and I'm going to believe his word and I'm going to ask his spirit to fill me and give me revelation in the word of God and I'm going to follow it and I'm going to run hard and I'm going to trust him no matter how painful it might be because he's good and he's a God of life. It is well. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Now, King James, Mount is not capitalized. We've taken and given the Mount a capital, but it's really at Carmel. Carmel. That's where Elijah had his great victory over the prophets of Baal. But Carmel actually means fruitful. Think about it. She's running back to fruitful. She bore fruit from her womb, and now she's running back to a place that's a field that's plentiful and fruitful. It actually comes from a word that means a planted vineyard that is a field that's a garden. She's running back to it. Father, we just pray for Linda right now. Pour out your spirit. We pray for you, the great physician, to have surgery on her heart and protect her on her way home. In Jesus' name, amen. So she's running back to Carmel. A fruitful place because the sun, the fruit came from the word of God. It came from God himself and she knows that. So she's running back to him and trusting him. So it was, it's 25B, when the man of God saw her afar off. So he had to be looking. God knows every place you're running to. That he said to his servant Gehazi. Look, the Shunammite woman. Please run now to meet her. Holy Spirit, again, meeting her where she's at. And say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? Notice the word of God is concerned about your whole family. Notice the spirit of God is there to do the work with the word of God. The prophet brings the word of God, remember? God is concerned about you and your family and your children and your fruit. So concerned that he came and died. And when he died and rose again, it means you can bear fruit. And that more abundantly. Unless a seed is dropped into the ground, it cannot die. It cannot bear fruit. I think that's John chapter 12. Jesus was put in the ground and now we can bear fruit. And he knows. He sees it from afar off. When you think he doesn't see it, he still sees it. He already knew. It wasn't a surprise to him today. It wasn't a surprise to him yesterday. He already knew the future from afar off. But watch this. Without the relationship, watch this. God himself hid this. Because see, the word of God doesn't have every single thing that's going to happen in your life. Listen to me. This is very important. The Word of God doesn't have written systematically someplace in it the exact same thing that just happened in your fiery trial of your faith. But it does have testimony of people who trusted God for similar things. So look what happens. Look what happens. She tells the servant, it is well, it is peace. Why is that? 
she doesn't want to get to a servant. You know how when you get things go wrong and you want to call your pastor? She knows that the pastor can't help her. She wants to get to the throne room. She wants to get to the truth. She wants to get to God. People ask me how I'm doing. I say, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I met with the king this morning. He's alive. He's well. He loves me. Listen, she doesn't stop to talk to the servant. She moves past him. Not the Holy Spirit, just the servant now. She wants to get to the word of God, to the man of God, because she has a relationship with him when he comes by and they eat together, they fellowship together. She made a place in her house for him. It has walls on it, it has room, it has a bed, it has a candle, it has a chair. There's a place where the word is at and she has a relationship and that's where she wants to get to. Do you have that place? Do you run to it when things happen? 27. Now when she came to the man of God, that's where she wants to get, at the hill, Carmel, at the fruitful field, she caught him by the feet. She, she got on her face. No more. I don't have, I don't need anything. She's on her face, knowing where her help comes from. But Gehazi came near to push her away. The Holy Spirit was going to get her away from. That's his job, is to protect his servant. He's the servant to protect his master. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Listen, everything going on is not in here, but the answer is in here. Get to God. Build a relationship with God. Build a place into your life where you have a relationship with the truth according to the Spirit of God. But even the Word of God might not be the answer. You might not know where it's at, but you know to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Notice the servant of God, the prophet, he was even surprised that God had hid it from him because God shares everything with his friends. He's a little bit surprised. He's like, I can't even believe it. She's in deep distress and the Lord hid it from me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? So she's reasoning now with the word of God. I didn't even want a son. I didn't ask for a son. I hid my inner desires. But your spirit knew and gave me a son for an inheritance to take care of me in my old age. Even though my husband was old. Even though I didn't think it possible. Then he said to Gehazi. So the word of God tells the servant of God, the spirit of God, get yourself ready, take my staff in your hand, take my authority in your hand, and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If you, anyone greets you, don't even answer him, and lay my staff on the face of the child. Go fast and obey the word of God. Lay the authority, the staff, the guiding rod of the word of God on this child. And the mother of the child, listen, this Shunammite woman, she said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. She wasn't going to follow Gehazi. She wanted the relationship with God. She was not going anywhere. She trusted 
him and the word of God. She trusted the truth and she wanted the truth to go and he got up and he goes and follows her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child has not awakened. He's dead, he's asleep. When Elisha came into the house, <clears throat> there was the child lying dead on the bed. So see, we're going to see a notable miracle because he's dead. Sunstroke out in the field with his dad. He's dead. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. See, he is the servant. He's the prophet. He's doing the will of God. He has to pray. Are you with me? Are you praying? Interceding. Entreating the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. Again, we're back to the fact that he's just a prophet. He's not the one that can do the miracle. He has to ask for the miracle. God is the only one that can raise the boy. And I thought, oh, you know what? Elisha was always with Elijah. I thought, man, he's seen him do this, didn't he? No, he did not. He might have heard about it, but in chapter 17, he hadn't been called yet. He doesn't get called till chapter 19 of 1 Kings. So he didn't, he wasn't in the room as Gehazi is. Gehazi's in the room right now with Elisha seeing it. Shut the door. Oh, no, maybe not. It says behind the two of them. So it might be the boy and they're alone together. And he prayed. So Elijah probably shared the witness of what happened because he does the exact same thing that 1 Kings tells us Elijah did. And he went up and he lay on the child. And he put his mouth to his mouth, his eyes to his eyes, his hands to his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child. And the flesh of the child became warm. See that? See that there's, there's some life coming back into him? He put himself exactly in the child's place. He became acquainted with the child. He put himself in the child's place. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? He put himself in our place. Then he took our sin. He took our death. And he gave us life. 35, he returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed, oh, there's that number, seven times. And the child opened his eyes. Isn't that interesting? Sneezed seven times and recovered his breath? Seven times? And that's what's going to happen with Naaman. He's going to dip seven times. I know that we're a little bit over. Listen to this. Man's number is six, right? If man goes through the Bible on his own without the power of God, it becomes 66 books with man. Six, six, six. You end in death. If you're given life and you're with Christ, you are now seven. You're completed positionally in heaven. And the perfect seven is seven, 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 three sevens. 
You need the Spirit of God to go through the Word of God in order to understand it for the glory of God. This is not a dime store novel. This is a living Word where you draw near to God. You make a place for God in your house, in your heart, and you trust God. When your faith is tested, you trust God. He knows what He's doing. The Holy Spirit is there. The Word of God is there. He's making intercession. If the kid, if the kid doesn't get up, God still knows what he's doing in your heart. If life is not brought back, but here he sneezes a complete amount of times and he stands, he opens his eyes. Are your eyes open today? Do you understand the word of God? Do you need to make a place for the word of God? How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to the word of God. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your ways. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Teach me your statutes, O Lord. This is what we want is the word of God. 36. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shumanite woman. So he called her. And when she came into him, he said, Pick up your son. Faith is real. So he went in, or excuse me, so she went in, and look what she did first. She's back at his feet again. She didn't just go pick up her son. She worshiped and thanked him first. She thanked him first. Then she bowed to the ground. Then she went and picked up her son and went out. Listen to me. When God tests your faith and brings you through on the other side, because he's going to be with you, he knows what he's doing, he loves you with an ever-ending love, make sure that you grab his feet again. You're worshiping him, you're bowing down, you're humbling yourself, and you're thanking him for what he's doing. Listen to me. He saved you to sanctify you, to purify you. And in doing that, he's going to turn the fire up. He's going to allow some things to happen. It may not be what he wants to happen, but he'll use it for good. The fire. Do not leave. Make a place today to meet with God. Make a place and reverence the word of God and spend time with God and trust God and hear the word of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when the storm comes, run to God. Trust God. No matter what the outcome is, trust God. Bow down at his feet. Look back at his walk. Worship him. And continue to bear fruit. And go out to others. She went out with her son. Father, thank you for putting oil in our vessel. Thank you for wanting to spend time with us. Thank you for knocking on our door. Lord, may we open the door and allow you to come in and have fellowship with us, sup with us, bear fruit in our life, Lord, and help us to run to you when the fiery trial comes. Help us to run to you and allow you to purify us and perfect our faith until the day that we see you face to face. 
We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.